0: Be Red Podcast is brought to you by MoFo, male optimization formula with organs to boost testosterone. Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece, mind-blowing nut butter blend, now offered on Amazon. Chili Technology, temperature-controlled mattress systems for a good night's sleep. Inside Tracker.com, offering blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data all in one place. And Organifi. Whole Food Organic Superfood Supplements and Drink Blends. And please visit the shopping page at bradkerns.com for my personal selection of favorite products for health, fitness, and peak performance with great discounts for listeners. Here we go with the show. Anytime you experience fear and anxiety, turn your attention, return your mindset and your thoughts to your values and your vision. Decide authentically with a feeling of love and joy for the task decide without fear. Any outcome is the outcome that it's supposed to be. We have much less control in our lives than we think we do. The failure is supposed to teach us something and thus become a growth experience. Maybe we chose something for the wrong reasons. So if a venture fails, it doesn't mean that you're a failure. Hey, how about a breather show honoring the wonderful teachings and philosophy of Dave Rossi, one of my favorite podcast guests. He's been on three times, I think four times if you count, when he turned the tables and interviewed me for a podcast episode. He is the author of The Imperative Habit. You got to grab that book off Amazon. It's filled with wonderful insights about how to live a happy life. So we're going to call this one Overcoming Fear and backing into happiness with a one, two, three, four step approach. It's going to be lots of fun. I believe this content emanated from an email that he sent to me. Uh, Maybe it was notes from a conversation, but they called this guy the hurricane for a reason because he will just blast with insights at full speed ahead. Gas pedal down, you're going to love it. It's going to give you some great practical steps to get out of that state of fear and anxiety that we can so easily step into these days. So, the first step is to stop. That's right. Slow down, come to a stop, and be aware of what emotions and feelings are happening right now. If it's fear, then you need to call it out need to say, I am afraid. And be specific. What are you afraid of? I am afraid that the quarantine shutting down my restaurant will leave me in financial ruin. I am afraid that I'm not going to pass my classes, won't be able to transfer to a four-year school. I'm afraid that I won't be able to get a job and won't be able to pay my rent, et cetera, et cetera. So call it out, acknowledge it, and understand the difference. This is important for me, really, at home. Understand the difference between just acting happy so that you can feel happy when you act happy versus being fully conscious and being aware of the things that are causing you pain and suffering. I'm really good at keeping that smile on my face and sort of compartmentalizing things to the extent that I ignore them and the whole thing is. Uh, turning out to be the opposite of the intended effect when you're not acknowledging these things. So as Dave says, it's shining a flashlight on the deep, dark parts of our fears and vulnerabilities and touching them, seeing them, exposing them, and shining them with light so we can have a better chance at feeling great most of the time right? Instead of always having this thing in the curtain, uh, behind the curtain, in the closet that can uh, rear its ugly head when you're having a down moment. Uh, This is so important for me to understand that distinction, that difference, and not living in denial, but actually living uh, with that consciousness and being able to shine the flashlight. It's okay. It's okay to have fear. We all do. The issue is what you're going to decide to do about it acting on any emotion is not really advisable, certainly not fear. Fear will inhibit clarity, full stop. Okay, so you've taken that first step, you have gotten in touch with your emotions and feelings, you're calling things out, and then the next step is to process it. So where is the thought of fear derived from? Is it actual true danger? Are you afraid when you jump off the cliff into the ocean below that something's going to happen? You're going to tweak your uh, uh, rotator cuff in your shoulder if you don't put your hand right? Uh, That's valid. That's legit. Are you afraid of loss? Afraid of results? Afraid of failure? So we got to process and guess where it's going to head back to when we process it? It's either going to come from, emanate from a belief or from your ego. When we determine the cause, we ask ourselves, what metrics, what issues surround the feeling and thought of fear in this example? Are they valid fears? How do I buffer up against the fears? Hmm, do we need a partner? Do we need more rope? Do we need a better co-presenter? What do we need? Using intelligence and thoughts. We apply reason to find solutions to the issues without having the fear uh, overwhelm everything. This will give us greater intelligence and greater power to choose. I love this insight of using intelligence and thoughts and not having the fear, because I think a lot of times we uh, are compelled, inspired to just grind away and that hard work will pay off and uh, answer and and alleviate all our problems. And it doesn't really work that way because you have to work hard and you have to work smart. You can't just grind away when you have a problem and expect to uh, magically uh, manifest results because you get a, 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 a smiley face for working so hard. So when you're processing things and thinking it through and thinking about your approach and what's Flawed with your approach, that's when you can start to make real progress. I'm thinking back to my time as an athlete when uh, I would train harder and harder in pursuit of success. And maybe I was afraid of uh, falling off the rankings or not being able to make it as an athlete. And so sometimes my response would be to just push myself harder all the way into burnout, mistakes, and in many cases, manifesting my worst fears. When I was able to train smarter and harder if necessary, right? You got to get off your butt. If you're experiencing fear, you got to get out there and do something about it, but you have to do it, apply your efforts in the right direction. And that's when you can make real breakthroughs. So many other examples of this. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of my son now he graduated college. Now he needs to find a job, a place to live and face real life really for the first time. It's very scary, brings out a lot of fear and it can also be discouraging. But if you listen to Dave and his uh, template advice to anytime you experience fear and anxiety, turn your attention, return your mindset and your thoughts to your values and your vision use your intelligence and your thoughts, put those to good use. And that's when you can go take action and take the proper steps, the proper protocol to uh, find the things that you need to achieve your goals. And that's uh, much better than the aimless and uh, desperate attempts to uh, make things happen without using that intelligence factor, without putting that into the mix. Okay. Uh, So back to Dave's comments. Tell yourself You need to make the analysis and the choice without the fear, but understand the issues surrounding the initial feeling. Dealing with fear is facing the things that you need to do to make something work. Doubting your ability can be real, and it's much more real if you doubt it without fear and without ego. Then you can objectively assess your abilities, not your abilities fogged by fear or ego. Get what I'm saying? So if you want to run for Congress against the nine-term incumbent and you don't have any money, but you really dream of making a difference in politics, okay, that might bring up some fears that you're going to get your ass kicked and swallowed before you can even get on the ballot but you can at least objectively assess your abilities if you get rid of fear, get rid of ego and realize, hey, maybe I should uh, work as an aide in a congressman's office before I put my name out there and make my first poster. (laughs) Okay, so Dave asks, is this a relative reality instead of ultimate reality and an ultimate fear? Can the belief causing the fear to be changed? Next step after processing it, is to decide. Decide authentically with a feeling of love and joy for the task. Decide without fear. What helps? Well, guess what? Any outcome is the outcome that it's supposed to be. We have much less control in our lives than we think we do. And Dave gives an example of uh, being a parent and pursuing this goal of parenting your kid all the way into becoming a success. (laughs) We have much less control in our lives than we think we do. What a great example, because uh, when I reflect back now that my kids are adult age, and if you're listening uh, to kids of the child-rearing age, um, realize that you might realize or pay attention to the idea that I've come up with, that uh, the reflection I've had, that the kids are on their own path from a very young age. And there's a lot you can do to try to interfere, uh, but they're they're more self-determinant than we give them credit for. So I think the best job for a parent is to uh, show that unconditional love and support and be a caddy uh, carrying their golf bag. So the caddy player relationship is so interesting because the, the caddy is uh, never hitting a shot for the player, right? They're giving them all the information they need. Uh, they may maybe helping them with club selection, but especially on the on the pro tour, the golfer always makes the final selection because he's the one or she's the one that has to be confident with that seven iron in their hands. Even if the caddy suggests an eight iron, the player says, you know what, I'm gonna go with seven and I'm gonna ease up, ease up a little bit or whatever their confident message is to themselves that they're totally accountable for what happened. So the caddy never oversteps their bounds and tries to strong arm the player into doing something that they think is right because the player's the one navigating the course and they're the ones making the big bucks (laughs) playing on the pro tour so they know what they're doing. So as a parent, I love that analogy because it's so easy to step over the line and say, here, let me show you how to hit this shot. No one will notice, and uh, I'll put it right on the green for you, and then you can putt. You think that's a funny analogy? What about the college bribery scandal where the parent is behind the scenes getting their kid admitted into the college uh, when they don't deserve to be or when they didn't even have their own chance to do it? So uh, it's a great goal to never orchestrate uh, things, overly orchestrate things for your kid, uh, push them too far. into one direction because you do have that power and that influence, but it's just not going to come out well. Uh, The great therapist that I forget the title of his book, Dr. William Hughes, he's from Sacramento. He says, um, anything that's a parent's idea is oftentimes not turning out to be a very good idea. And anything that's a kid's idea usually turns out to be a great idea. So don't orchestrate things too much and don't try to shield them from struggling and suffering and failure because there's so many lessons to be learned from those dead ends. And oh my gosh, uh, back to Dave, he says, if we fail, the failure is supposed to teach us something and thus become a growth experience. Maybe we chose something for the wrong reasons. And then we feel like we failed, whether it's a marriage or whether uh, we spent those years in law school and embarking on a law career that didn't really work out for us, we didn't like. So, if a venture fails, it doesn't mean that you're a failure. If you lose a race or an election or whatever it is, a lot of times that can alter your path to turn into something that's bigger and better and more suited for what your true calling is. Failure is not good or bad, we only think of it as bad. That's heavy. I like that. I mean, we know it's true, right? It's just really, really hard to swallow, especially in real time. And I'm sure you can come up with a lot of counter examples of when you sold your stock, when you panicked, uh, when the market crashed, and that was a big fat failure because uh, you lost 38% on your investment. But wait a second. Can you reference other times in your life when failure led to something greater? What about the incredible lessons that you've learned? Uh, that have made you a better investor today or whatever the example is. Uh, If you look on BradKerns.com. I have my uh, Meet Brad link where I talk about kind of my life story in detail, especially with emphasis on my athletic career. And I talk about how my college running career and my big, huge dreams of being a runner in college and forming my identity uh, was a a horrible failure. And I kept getting injured and sick and spit out the back of the machine that was the Division One college running experience. But guess where it led me? It led me to a triathlon career that was vastly uh, of greater magnitude, greater magnitude, satisfaction and, and more success than I could have had as a runner. Um, same thing with uh, divorce, which Dave mentioned is one of the ideas. And there's been a lot of divorce happening in my world in recent years, including myself. And um, you, it's just, you're obligated, you're compelled to see this as a Uh, a necessary and worthwhile experience. Uh, You have to think of it as a good run that was your destiny and the lessons that you needed to learn and all the good things that came out of it instead of thinking of it as a failure because it didn't hit some arbitrary finish line of uh, the graveyard. I mean, I know we've been socialized to think that and in the old time marital vows, which I believe have now transformed, they don't usually say um, that the wife is going to obey the husband anymore and I don't think they're all big on saying till death do us part. Uh, I love that take by many people uh, who recommend that you should um, maybe consider renewing your vows every morning or renewing your commitment to the marriage every single day when you wake up. Hey, you want to still be married? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> let's uh, talk again tomorrow instead of taking things for granted and having kind of these, these implants in your mind that anything uh, less than you know full term is a failure. Failures, not good or bad. We only think of it as bad. Okay. All right. Accept it. Here we go. Learning from the experience. Good point. No such thing as failure. If you always think of it as a learning experience, reminds me of uh, Jordan Peterson's comment. He says, the reason we have memory, humans have memory, the ability to, to have memory is not for nostalgia. It's so that we don't repeat the same mistakes in the future. There we go. So nothing's really a failure, just a lesson. Johnny Wooden, the greatest basketball coach, said, quote, Failure is not fatal, but failure to change might be. Okay, back to Dave Rossi and his final step toward happiness. Choose knowing that you can fail but because you want it and love trying for it. That's the reason. It's not for money or success, but it, but because it's the right thing to do, the highest expression of your passions and talents. Oh, but wait a second. When we get older, we have more responsibility and the stakes are higher. But are they? Eh, we only think they are. Mark Zisson, talking about his entrepreneurial journey, said, you know, I have the same stresses and thought processes and uh, fears and anxieties. It's just that there's more zeros added to the the numbers at hand than when he was a young entrepreneur uh, painting houses or whatever he was doing. So we think the stakes are higher. That's only because we uh, form a belief uh, accordingly. We all deserve the clarity and the freedom of the young athlete who quit his accounting job and became a triathlete. Oh, he's talking about me there. How about that? So getting all the stuff that makes you unhappy out of the way and you're left with happiness. That's Dave's big insight. I love that. Instead of pursuing happiness by going on another roller coaster ride or uh, taking vacations or uh, shopping till you drop on amazon.com, just remove the things that make you unhappy and you're left in a state of happiness. Great quote by Tony Robbins here too. He says, the most important decision of your life is deciding whether you're truly committed to being happy no matter what every single day. Good stuff. Thanks for listening, people. Go out there and make it happen. Take those steps. First, if you're feeling fierce, stop. Be aware of those emotions and feelings. Next, process things using intelligence and thoughts. Next, decide what you're going to do. Remember that any outcome is the outcome that's meant to be. We have much less control in our lives than we think we do. And finally, for happiness, go pursue things for the right reasons, I think is what Dave's saying here, not for money or success, but because it's the highest expression of your passions and talents. And get those things out of the way that make you unhappy and you're left with happiness. Thank you for listening. And if you could go to the trouble to leave a 5 or 5-star five review with Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to the shows that would be super incredibly awesome. It helps raise the profile of the B Rad podcast and attract new listeners. And did you know that you can share a show with a friend or loved one by just hitting a few buttons in your player and firing off a text message? My awesome podcast player called Overcast allows you to actually record a soundbite excerpt from the episode